Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. If you are an American sports fan, and I bet just about every single person listening right now is, Although, hello, uh, overseas uh, crew, if you are not, in fact, American sports fans. This was about as good as it gets when you think about the availability last night of your sport in prime time and being able to flip from one to another. All four major sports on TV last night. I asked you guys what you were watching. 19,000 of you voted. I'll get to that in a minute. But first, what an unbelievable night if you happen to be a Raiders and a Dodgers fan. And I know there's a decent number of you listening right now who are both, including Danny G in our studio in Los Angeles, because you had to get that win last night if you were the Raiders. And on the final play of the game, after a couple of touchdowns were called back, and then after you got the, the, the game prolonged a couple of times based on holding calls, to hit that touchdown pass to save the Raiders' season at home, against what might be the best team in the NFL, at least so far. What an unbelievable win to come back from nine down. I believe we have the audio on that touchdown. Let me go ahead and play it for you for those of you who are just waking up because that game ended late, obviously. Snap, hold, Giorgio has it away. Bellissimo! The Raiders win it! 31-30! to That's the extra point, and yeah, look, I know you win it on the extra point, but let's also go ahead and play the touchdown here in a minute uh, when we get that queued up. Here's the touchdown that put the Raiders in position to kick that extra point to win it. Derek at a roll left. Derek throws for the end zone, and it is caught for a touchdown by Michael Crabtree. The Raiders, and I think this time it counts. There are no flags. Knees and down in play in the end zone. Give it to me loud now. Touchdown, 
Raiders. What an incredible game. If you are out there and you've been talking, and we've talked about it on this show, about how the NFL hasn't been that entertaining. I mean, Alex Smith was scintillating the uh, the Marshawn Lynch coming off the bench and shoving an official. I think he probably has to get suspended for at least one game for that. I don't even remember having ever seen that before in the NFL. And, and in the NBA, if you leave the bench, remember the, the biggest victim of that of all time is Amari Stoudemire. Uh, but if you leave the bench, you get suspended. I don't understand how the NFL could avoid suspending Marshawn Lynch there for the way that he behaved uh, on the field and the fact that he wasn't even on the field. It's rare to see a player make contact with an official, period, much less shove one. So I think Marshawn Lynch has to be gone for multiple games. A 31-year-old running back, uh, a little bit of a mess, obviously, but it feels a lot better today for Jack Del Rio and everybody else in that Raider locker room than it would if they had lost this game to fall to 2-5. and Then everybody would have said this is just evidence of how he's lost the team decision to bring in Marshawn Lynch did not uh, pan out. Everybody would have had their knives out explaining away everything about the Raiders' season this year. But they avoid a fifth straight loss, stay in the mix, pull Kansas City back down into the middle of the mess like everyone else. Kansas City now 5-2. and two, uh, And uh, we back are back basically again to the question of, do we have really any elite teams in the NFL? That's a question we'll get a little bit of an answer for, for sure, in week seven, uh, starting on uh, Sunday and then running into Monday. We'll obviously be talking about that a lot on Monday's OutKick. On the other side of the equation here, how about the L.A. Dodgers? They're partying like it's 1988 in Los Angeles, and the Dodgers eliminated all doubt early. Clayton Kershaw, not a lot of pressure on you when your team's up 7 nothing in the fourth inning. And now they wait to see whether or not they are going to play the Yankees or the Astros. But for the city of Los Angeles, which loves the Dodgers, uh, to finally be back in the, uh, in the, the, the World Series, let me uh, bring in my guy Danny G uh, for both of these stories. Big-time hits yeah. for the city of uh, uh, Oakland, obviously, and also for the Dodgers. But like you said before, Danny G, so many people in the L.A. area are still Raiders fans from the days when they were there. So for many people watching television in Los Angeles last night, this is about as good as it gets. You get the Dodgers going to the uh, World Series, and you get the Raiders winning a must-win mm. game on basically the, on the final play of the game. You're absolutely right. Natives of Los Angeles are usually Raiders, Dodgers, Lakers fans. And we were two out of three last night. If the Lakers could have just dug deep and got past the Clippers, it would have been the trifecta. But I'm not going to be greedy, Clay. I'll take the two out of three. What an amazing sports night. That's got to be one of the best sports days we've had on the calendar in 2017. Uh, And I I saw this meme kept uh, bouncing all over social media. It was just the 17th time that all four major sports were in action on the same day. Three of them happen to be my favorite teams, and I feel bad for my neighbors because during that Dodgers game, I was so loud, jumping around, celebrating like a fool, like it was a holiday. There were illegal fireworks being shot off in my neighborhood for a a half hour after the win. Uh, Just an amazing night, and and like a lot of people in Los Angeles, I thought about 
family past and present, like my grandparents who brought me to see Fernando Valenzuela when I was a baby, uh, my older brother and cousin, and I, we used to spend every last penny to get into Chavez Ravine as teenagers. And then since my 20s, I've made sure to go to at least 10 Dodger games a season. That's always been my goal. This year, I went to 11. I was 10-1. and one. Tells you right there how good of a season the Dodgers had at home this year. Um, I've had so many ups and downs with the Dodgers over the years, but this year just felt special. Uh, for every win, it seemed like there was a different hero. The pitching finally matched the big bats. So proud of, of Kershaw's performance last night. And this in, this entire Dodgers squad, just an, an amazing, amazing team. Their 22nd pennant. Uh, for their franchise, Clay, and now their 19th World Series appearance. I, I I just can't wait to see the game one on Tuesday, the opening ceremony and them coming out and being announced. It, I, shed, I shed tears last night, and I'm sure a lot of other Dodger diehards did the same. So, like you said, an amazing night for a lot of people out there with all the options, Dodger fans, uh, most ecstatic probably of all. I asked you last night, which are you watching? 19,000 of you voted. Uh, and the NFL and college football got 40% of the vote. Obviously, this also got skewed as the night went on because the Dodgers blew out the Cubs, so there were fewer people who were going to tune in. But NFL and college football got 40% of the vote. Dodgers and the Cubs in the NLCS got 30 the NBA got 14%, and the NHL, I was surprised by, got 16% of the vote. Putting into context, by the way, 1988, the last time the Dodgers were in the World Series, I was nine years old. A lot of you out there listening, probably not even born. I'm going to put into context here. I'm looking at the page for 1988, famous things that happened. First of all, this time in 1988 when the Dodgers were in the World Series, Michael Dukakis was running against the first George Bush to follow Ronald Reagan as president. Kevin Durant was born in 1988. From a sports perspective, to kind of give you an idea how long ago that was, as were Steph Curry and, uh, and unfortunately in the football universe, uh, Greg Hardy, who obviously is not a guy that everybody is, uh, is in love with. Movies and TV that were popular in 1988, the last time that uh, that the Dodgers were in the World Series. Uh, here are some TV shows that were the most uh, the most popular, um, and and, and I, the Wonder Years, uh, in the heat of the night. I'm looking at the like the most popular show every week. Uh, <laughs> all everything associated with uh, TGIF. Um, back in the day, I believe, like uh, it, it is, uh, it is pretty crazy to think about how long ago that situation was. What were the movies that were in theaters the last time that this happened? And uh, Rain Man won the Academy Award. If you remember Rain Man, I mean that seems like it's been out forever ago. And the top movie, I mean, there's so many different crazy the movie uh, details here as you run through all the top movies of 1988, but. I mean, it really kind of puts it in perspective how long ago that was that the best movie. What do you think? What do you think the top movie was in October of 1988 when the Dodgers were in the World Series? Any guesses? Wow, um, 1988. The last time the Dodgers were in the World Series, what was the number one movie in theaters? 
have no idea. Because like you, I was 10 years old. So Right. Uh, so there are several, obviously, during the course of the World Series. Um, Gorillas in the Mist. Remember Gorillas in the Mist? The Diane Fossey story about the woman who gets killed uh, when she's studying gorillas. And then Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Some other movies that were out. But this, was what, this was back when everything was popular with all the old school uh, 1980s horror movies. A Nightmare on Elm Street 4 came out. One of the, my favorite movies, Young Guns. Remember Young Guns? Oh, that was fantastic. Oh, Emilio Estevez. Yes. Coming to America came out. Crocodile Dundee 2. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Beetlejuice, Good Morning Vietnam, and three uh, Police Academy Five, and uh, and Good Old uh, Three Men and a Baby, was, and Beetlejuice. Was Die I mean, Hard nineteen eighty eight also? Die if Die Hard was nineteen. It's a good question. If Die Hard was nineteen eighty eight, it was not the number one film at any point. Wow. So I'm not sure if Die Hard was. And also Twins came out in nineteen eighty eight. Um. In the Land Before Time. My kid watches this Land Before Time movies all the time. The Land Before Time was great. Oh, Land Before. Do you know they have like an animated series of the Land Before Time now? I did not uh, know About that. the baby dinosaur. <laughs> and my son watches, uh, my youngest, my three-year-old, watches Land Before Time animated movies every day. I mean, that's like his favorite show right now. So, yeah, Land Before Time about the baby dinosaur. That kind of puts it in perspective. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Joined now by FAU head coach Lane Kiffin. FAU's got a big game coming up tomorrow on Saturday. They play North Texas, two of the top teams in that entire conference. Uh, Lane Kiffin joins us now. Lane, what is it like to be a head coach again? How has this year felt different than the last several? Uh, it's been great, Clay. Um, you know, we have, uh, I know every coach says this, but we have really good kids. And um, obviously they have not won around here, um, you know, the whole time they've been here, really. So um, just, you know, see the last couple of weeks, you know, of them, you know, beating Middle Tennessee, you know, who who they'd lost to for nine straight years. Um, you know, Old Dominion, I think, was a 10-win team last year on the road, you know. Um, you know, beat them by 30, I think. So just to see those kids in the locker room to finally having fun is as hard as all college, you know, athletes work, but for them to finally have some, you know, I guess swag or, you know, to walk around campus and feel good about themselves has been really neat. You had a bye week. Uh, you got into the bye week at three and three, and you had a crazy start to the season with the hurricane coming and everything else. What was it like to have your team on the road at Wisconsin? What was that experience like for you? Yeah, just you can't imagine it, how bizarre it was. You know, start our first game was like six or seven hours with delays, and I think it was two o'clock in the morning. You know, when we finished, and um, you know, stay in Wisconsin for almost a week up there uh, was really bizarre. But it ended up being neat. You know, I think that um, you know, just almost like a you know training camp in the NFL where you go somewhere else. You know, even though it's whatever five days, um, Wisconsin's unbelievable to us. Coach Alvarez, you know facilities, food, um, practicing their stadium every day, weight room, everything um, was unbelievable. So I think it was kind of a bonding experience for our kids. You uh, mentioned before that you guys got two big wins in a row over MTSU and over Old Dominion. What was the bye week like for you now? You play tomorrow against North Texas, and obviously that's a huge game. But what did you do in the bye week that was different 
uh, than maybe you would have anticipated. Would you, if I had told you before the season you're going to be three and three headed into the bye week, would you have been excited by that? How would you assess the first half of the season? Well, we should definitely be four and two. Um, you know, we played two really good teams to start in Navy and Wisconsin. Um, you know, we screwed up. You know, up at Buffalo. Um, you know, our best. You know, kind of our two leaders uh, on offense and defense were out for the game, and um, we just didn't play very well, didn't coach very well. So, you know, we really should be four and two. But at the end of the day, that that you know, that's over with. Um, the good thing is we control our own destiny. We're two zero in the conference, so um, that's all you ever want to do is be able to control your own destiny. So, huge game tomorrow against the team that arguably is the best team in the conference right now, um, playing really, really good. You tweeted the other day, and I loved it, uh, in response to a fan, hashtag blackout, hashtag spurrier, hashtag hardesty, hashtag trick-or-treat, hashtag great night, hashtag Eric Berry, in response to a Tennessee fan. Uh, What do you remember now when you look back on that tenure as being a head coach? You're a head coach again now. You've been at USC. You've been at Tennessee. How are you different now as a head coach than you were that first year at Tennessee? Uh, completely different. I wouldn't say completely, but um, very different. Um, you know, you go through experiences, and you know, you're, you should learn from them. And um, you know, had a lot since then. And um, you know, the UFC experience, and then, and then to be able to go, you know, the best coach in college football, Nick Saban, for three years, and and learn from him, be under him, and so now you really can combine. You know, before you're really just pulling a lot from you know, your experience with Pete Carroll and, and how would Coach Carroll handle this situation. Um, and now you have Coach Saban. And so um, it's, it's really great to be able to have all those experiences in your head so when things come up, okay, this is what he would do, this is what he would do, what am I going to do? You almost beat Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa the year that Alabama won their first national championship under Nick Saban. Tennessee now is going to Alabama and the line, I don't know if you ever pay attention to the Vegas lines, but the line is like 36 points that Alabama is a favorite. Uh, what's happened at Tennessee? You've probably been watching from afar, uh, but can Tennessee, in your mind, get back to being a championship-level program and team again uh, at some point in time? Sure. Um, you know, anytime it's been done before, which Coach Fulmer did a great, unbelievable job there, um, and it's been done before, and so um, it's not that far out. You know, we're not very far removed from them being very competitive. I mean, when I was at Alabama, I guess it'd be two years ago. Yeah, it'd be two years ago when they came down to Tuscaloosa. That was a very competitive game. You know, we're the number one team in the country, and Tennessee came in, and, you know, we had to win the game in the fourth quarter. So, um, and, and you see how the SEC is. It's all over the place right now. It's not what it used to be. So, um, it's even easier in that sense, you know. Um, you know, when we were at Tennessee the last time, I mean, it was – by far the best conference in the country. And it wasn't even close players and coaches, you know, coach Rick was there, coach Spurrier was there, coach Miles was there, coach Saban was there, uh, coach Meyer was there, you know, and I'm sure I missed some, you know, uh, other ones there, but just think about those names that were all there at the same time. You know, it was, it was unbelievable and arguably the best it's ever been or, or will ever be, you know, um, you know, at that time. You've got a job now. But you're doing really well there. Like you said, you're three and three. You're playing the best team maybe in your conference tomorrow. Uh, does a part of you would you like to coach in the SEC again? Uh, I don't really think like that. You know, I'm always about you know, be where your feet are. You know, wherever you are, um, that moment, that time, that team. Um, so, um, uh, but it is. It's obviously a great conference. Um, I was just on Sirius XM yesterday and. Uh, before I went on, I heard them talking, and they were 
you know, kind of arguing about, you know, where are the best stadiums, where are the best crowds, where's the best venue in college football. And basically they were just arguing through the SEC, you know, <laughs> right. um, because, because, because it is, it's an unbelievable conference. And, and I'm sure this will, just like everything I say, people will get offended, but whatever, you know me, I don't care. So um, the SEC fan base is like nowhere else. The passion when you go into the stadiums and, um, you know, the energy during the games, there is no other conference like that at all. You're a guy who a lot of times can thrive on being disliked, which I've always respected. Um, and, you know, there's two different kinds of athletes. Sometimes they overlap. There's the athlete who wants to score and enjoys the roar of the crowd, and there's the athlete that enjoys shutting up a full stadium and going in and beating the home team. Which did you like more, the roar of the crowd or the silence of the defeated? I think you know that answer. <laughs> By far going on the road. Um, and I used to have another coach that used to say, Alabama, and he'd say something, you know, during warm-ups. Um, you know, I think when we were in Tennessee and, and you got 100,000 fans chanting some not nice things to you. <laughs> and they said, you actually love this. You really embrace this. I said, yeah, it really is. It's really cool when you can um, – you know, go into another place. And like I always tell our players, you know, not just ruin their day, but ruin their whole week. What's the funniest thing that – I know you hear like it's a loud roar when you're in a stadium and you're on the road and people are saying like negative things. But is there ever something you've heard as you were jogging onto the field or jogging off the field that you were like, you know what, that's a pretty good line. That's pretty funny. Did it ever make you laugh like any one particular insult you can remember? Yeah. Um, the last time to um, Knoxville to Tennessee – um, at halftime when we were jogging off, I think we were out by a lot. Um, and this fan yelled at me, uh, Hey Kiffin, I was with your wife last night. I said, that, I said, that that's the funniest one I've ever heard. Uh, that is, uh, we're talking to Lane Kiffin. Uh, nowadays people look back fondly on your tenure at Tennessee. And I imagine based on that tweet that I saw, and I get tagged in a bunch of them too. A lot of Tennessee people are also like, Hey Lane, come back to Knoxville. Does that surprise you um, that Tennessee fans, even now, obviously when you left, it, there was not a lot of happy people and you went to USC. But in retrospect now, I think there are a lot of Tennessee fans, they look back and they say, man, Lane Kiffin beat the dog crap out of Georgia. He beat the crap out of uh, South Carolina on that uh, Halloween night you know, with the, uh, with the black jerseys. And it was a really well-coached team, even though it, ne- it wasn't necessarily the most talented team. In retrospect now, there and also with USC, I think to a certain extent, people have also kind of reassessed your tenure as a head coach. Do you feel like you've been underrated, especially if you consider the probation and then obviously only having one year at Tennessee? Now you're at FAU. Do you think there's maybe a reassessment and people are saying, you know what, maybe Lane Kiffin didn't do as bad of a job as people anticipated at Tennessee and USC? Well, I can't control that stuff, so I don't really know um, what they think. Um you know, I've said before a number of times the one thing that the you know that does bother me is the USC thing because um, you know um, Gary Klein, Klein of the LA Times was here this week um, doing a story and so we got really close when we were there and I said to him Gary you remember when those sanctions were handed down that day in the front of LA Times saying USC football's over basically got the death penalty you know um, no more winning seasons you know for a long time Coliseum half full. That day, if you would have, if every fan, every administrator, every USC person said, "Okay, we're going to go twenty-eight and fifteen, you know, and finish one of the years, I think number four in the country," um, you know, 
during the, the worst part of the, the sanctions, um, everyone would have signed up for it. Well, all of a sudden we did that and we got fired, you know, and got fired at three and two, you know, so, you know, in that season. So um, that, that part bothers me because, you know, we obviously were not an equal playing field and, and our first, our, when we got there and the things came down, all our juniors and seniors could leave um, without penalty and we lost 30 scholarships. So we had kids, great players that we were recruiting that, Coach, can I come? No, uh, we don't have room. And then they go to UCLA, they go to Oregon and Arizona State and those schools, and, and you're playing against them. We're talking to Lane Kiffin. You can follow him on Twitter at Lane, I believe, underscore Kiffin. Is that correct? I wouldn't even know that answer, probably. <laughs> uh, do you read your mentions? You must read some of them. Like on a daily basis, how often do you scroll in and actually read what people are saying to you? Uh, I would not. Not daily. Um it just if I have a couple minutes here or there or something, um, I just scroll through quick. I, I think it's really funny. I think I think people are funny. And Rom used to say, you know, one of the gifts you can give to people is, you know, to make them laugh. So for all the people that think, you know, oh, it's unprofessional when he does that. And, and I always say, did you laugh? Say, yeah, I did. <laughs> so I said, well, there you go. Uh, we're light, talking about, light, lighten up. <laughs> we're talking to Lane Kiffin. Um, what do you do, by the way, when you don't coach football? Like, if you had to escape, I know you got kids, I know you've got a family and stuff like that, but is there a TV show? Is there a movie? Like, what do you, I know you're a football guy. Like, you love college football and you're all in on paying attention to it. But is there something you do to get away from football to ever dial out? Um, yeah. Um, just get on the boat, um, whether it's fishing or not, usually fishing. But um, one of the great things about living here in Boca is, you know, you got jet skis, you got a boat right in your backyard. And, um, like I said last week, you know, um, watching Thursday night football on a commercial break, you just go in your backyard and throw a line out and catch a, you know, 15 pound snook. That's a pretty cool place to live. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, okay. So Tennessee's playing Alabama this weekend. What's your prediction for what happens in that game? Oh, uh, you know, I can't answer that in too much detail there because, um, but I will. So, um, uh, I would sure think that it wouldn't be very close. Um, you know, Alabama's really rolling and, and, <laughs> And when you can, it's really hard to, to upset someone when they play great defense and they get, they got an unbelievable running game, you know. And then Jalen can move around even when you get him to third down and get him in trouble. So that's a, that's a hard that's gonna be hard for anyone in the country to beat this year, um, you know, no matter who it is. So I would not think it'd be very close. But but this game has been close at times over years because it does. I've always thought you know it usually falls right before Alabama's bye week. So they're usually pretty banged up and tired. Now, their starters probably haven't been playing in the second half all year long, but um, that's kind of always been, you know, a game that has had some years where it's been closer than it was supposed to. What do you think of Jalen Hurts' evolution? I know you haven't been able to watch every snap probably, but what have you seen from him in year two in terms of his growth as a quarterback? Um, uh, Again, I don't get to watch in detail like that, you know, where you can – watch the coaches film and intercut and all that stuff to be able to know, and you know, is he hitting his reads, all those things. But um, I notice he's, he's a very underrated player. I think that, you know, the way, you know, people talk about it. So, well, he doesn't pass. Away, doesn't he? Okay. Well, at the end of the day, you're supposed to win as a quarterback. You're supposed to move the ball, make first downs and make touchdowns. And that's what he does. And he does it all the time against, you know, whoever they play. Um. Lane Kiffin with us right now, FAU head coach. They've got a big game against North Texas. Okay, you don't have to say it. You said you didn't think it was going to be that close. I agree with you. I think Butch Jones is going to get blown out 
I think he's going to get fired on Sunday. That's my prediction. Your phone rings. It's an area code 865, which is where Knoxville is. Would you be excited to answer that, thinking that it might be Tennessee calling to inquire about your interest in the job? Uh, you know I'm not going to answer that. But um, um, it would probably be um, Roger Frazier, the equipment manager there. Um, he's a good dude. That, he, he's a great dude. And so he texts me and calls me all the time. So I would probably assume it would, it would be him. Uh, Lane, appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow against North Texas, and we look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. All right, you got it. Thanks. Thanks, Lane. That's at Lane. It is underscore Kiffin. You can go follow him on Twitter there. He might be willing to check the mentions and see what you say to him. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. What a night in sports. So much going on. So much to discuss. The Dodgers advance to the World Series to await the winner of the Astros and Yankees series. We've got the Oakland Raiders saving their season with a touchdown on the final play of the game after about five final plays of the game finally happened. We've got LeVar Ball beginning his uh, – LeVar Ball. We've got Lonzo Ball beginning his career as a Laker. I asked you last night, all four major sports on TV, what were you watching? You can find me on Twitter, 19,000 of you voted. NFL and college football. Memphis got a nice win on the road over Houston. Some of you were watching that game as well. Dodgers, Cubs, uh, NLCS, the NBA or the NHL. NFL and college football got 40% of the vote. Dodgers, Cubs, NLCS got 30%. 14% went to the NBA and 16% went to the NHL. We haven't talked about it that much, but I want to bring in the crew here. Uh, we're going to talk to Alex Marvez uh, here in segment two of hour two. In hour three, we'll talk to Casey Smith. I'll give you gambling picks. That's the roadmap. In hour one, we talked with Lane Kiffin. So if you were just starting your day, make sure you go back and listen to the podcast, download the podcast, and keep up uh, there as well. But do you guys think – I want to poll the crew here. I think the answer is yes. I think Marshawn Lynch has to be suspended – for running on the field and shoving an official like he did. Again, he wasn't on the field for the play, and he came sprinting on as there was a little bit of a scrum uh, surrounding the hit to Derek Carr. I, I actually didn't think the hit to Derek Carr was that bad. Um, I, I didn't think it was necessarily worthy of a flag. I thought the, the thing that was worthy of the flag was calling. That looked like a designed play call quarterback sneak. Anybody else watching the game remember that play where the the the, the brawl kind of breaks out surrounding that? Brawl is probably an exaggeration. The pushing and shoving uh, contest that, that typically ensues in the NFL and situations like that. Did, uh, did, did any other of you guys think, I can't believe that with the transverse fractures in his back and the fact that he's unhealthy, that anybody on the Raiders would call a design quarterback sneak for Derek Carr, especially in that situation? It's different if it were called on the final play of the game and you're trying to get into the end zone to win a game but on a random third and seven around midfield you call a quarterback sneak in the second quarter with an injured quarterback and allow him to take the shots that he did uh Danny G you're a Raiders fan did you think that play call was I mean I think it's indefensible (laughs) It, it was definitely a curious call but I but I thought for sure it was a late hit I mean he was down and you can't just take your helmet to a quarterback like that when he's down I mean, so, he was going down. I didn't think. I didn't think it was. I mean, 
if they hadn't fought, I don't know that it would have been a uh, a definite flag. I didn't see when the flag came out. I didn't think it was an egregious late hit. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it was egregious either, but I think Marcus Peters gets under the opposition's skin. He's one of those kind of players where he just talks, talks so much. You can tell the way he was jabbing back and forth with Crabtree the entire game. He's one of those guys that just people want to fight him, and, and the, the opportunity presented itself. Do you think Marshawn Lynch should be suspended for what he did running on the field? Again, he wasn't <laughs> on the field. Pretty aggressive shove of an official. It's yeah. not, and, it, and it was directly in front of him. Sometimes you see guys shove officials, and they're coming from behind, and they don't know who's grabbing them. And, and, and obviously, if you put your hands on an official, you get kicked out of a game <laughs> in the NFL. It doesn't happen that often, but usually that's the situation where a guy puts his hands on an official. It's when he doesn't know that that official is there. And, like, he's trying to shove him off because he thinks it's an opponent or somebody trying to drag him away. Here, Marshawn Lynch knew exactly who the official was. He double-shoved him open-handed both ways. He came from off the field. I think he has to get suspended for this. Unfortunately, he will, and and he should. But I I will say this with some understanding. I I wish he could have pushed the uh, referee crew uh, the Sunday before against the Chargers because that the Raiders, one of the things, yes, it's bad play for the most part on their part. But if you've watched the past three Raider games, some of the worst officiating I've seen in years, Clay, is almost like somebody has something out for him. I, I mean, think, I mean, there were, there were some, there were some, but there were some egregious calls, like some face masks where a Raiders head was spun backwards and it wasn't called and then they barely touch uh, the quarterback and they get 15 yards called against them so it, it can't be that extreme the officiating I think in the NFL is becoming more and more of a storyline obviously you had what should have been I believe a touchdown late between the Jets and the Patriots for people who watch the Dolphins and the Titans play what I see happen a lot and it happened last night as well is you go back and watch a flag, and there's nothing that justified the flag. And if people remember in last night's game, I think it was in the second quarter, there was a turnover that the Chiefs would have gotten. They took the literally took the ball from Derek Carr, and it came back because they said like a five-yard five yard illegal use of the hands. And they showed the replay, and there clearly wasn't a penalty. I think about the Miami Dolphins game where, it, where a single play, a play call – uh, sorry, an officiating call can change the outcome of the game. I think back to the Dolphins-Titans game, they call offensive pass interference on a guy who's not on the field, who, I mean, who's not on the route. Take away a touchdown. Two plays later, Matt Castle gets hit, throws the ball 15 yards forward, and they call it a fumble. It's returned for a touchdown by the uh, by the Dolphins. They review it and everything else. So I think what's happening is, to me, if you're going to call a foul, throw a flag in the NFL – it needs to be an egregious violation of the rule where when they show a replay, everybody who sees it says, yeah, okay, that's a, that's a penalty that should have been called. What I see happening, and you're kind of hitting on it too, is these games are so competitive, and when you're calling a, uh, when you're throwing a flag, you go back and watch it, and you can't even really tell if there was a foul committed or not by any player on the field. To me, it should only be egregious wrongs that are flagged in the NFL. And I think, in the grand scheme of things, Marshawn Lynch running on the field wasn't egregious wrong. Uh, and so I think he should be suspended. Danny, G, you agree? What about you, Jason Martin? Should he be suspended for this? 
Got to be suspended because he wasn't on the field to play. That makes it even worse. He rolls out there. You can't put your hands on an official. If we're going to still find people certain times for egregious celebrations and some things that go over the top and some of the things that get flagged in this league, quite frankly, lead to a lot of descriptions of pussy willows across the NFL. You can't let a player go and actually put his hands on an official. It's unfortunate because I don't think that it was necessarily all that malicious. But as I, you know, you said, and I agree with you, I don't think that the hit on Carr necessarily was either. This was not like anybody going for his legs or going for his head. It was just a little bit after the whistle. I didn't see anything that, that I deemed to be particularly overly physical in the situation and then it blows itself out of proportion but at Lynch going onto the field point blank as soon as he touched the zebra it's over he's got to be gone at least for a game I, I agree do you, Justin do you make it Justin Cooper do you make it unanimous oh absolutely uh by the way Justin Cooper did you see you got dunked on by everybody who loves Chick-fil-a all over the nation even though you tried to take a shot at him out in California the oh, are you, you, ta- you, talk, you talking about Jason's ridiculous post that is just complete trash the Business Insider, I think it was, uh, did a poll yep. to find out the favorite fast food restaurant in every state in the nation, and almost the entire nation is covered by Chick-fil-A logos. I saw a bunch of people like questioning the legitimacy of that poll. Cause oh, so it was based on news? Foursquare. It, well, it was based on Foursquare, which I've never even used before, and most Foursquare. people don't. Yeah, what, is yeah, well, what about I, yeah. this? What that, about those this, are the Justin same Cooper? people that have Pinterest accounts. Yeah, well, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Pinterest is insanely famous. If your if your wife or girlfriend woman, exists, yeah. she probably has a, uh, a Pinterest account, uh, or Jason Martin probably has one too. Um, I do not. Yeah, what uh, I looked at was they also had the revenue out per fast food restaurant. And Justin Cooper, another double dunking on you. Chick fil A doubled every other fast food restaurant in average revenue. Did you know the average Chick fil A restaurant nationwide does four million dollars a year in revenue? Because they're the overpriced and they have million. sheep just they're really they're not that, much, not that overpriced anymore. <laughs> they used to be a lot. It seemed like they were a lot more expensive than other places. Now I think other places have kind of caught up to them. I don't think you spend too much more money at Chick Fil A than you do Arby's or anywhere else at this stage. I've never looked at the pricing of a fast food restaurant and thought that they seemed expensive. Is there expensive fast food? Yeah, actually, Zaxby's is kind of expensive. Every time I go, that's to that's not really fast food though. What would you call that? I don't know. I think that's a st- that's close to like I-, I don't know. I mean, it's more of like a chicken restaurant. It seems like chicken restaurants are a little bit different. When I think of fast food, I might be wrong, but I think of burger places mainly. I don't generally think of KFC or Zaxby's or things like that. But Zaxby's, you don't automatically get your food as soon as you walk up. Sometimes it takes five or ten minutes. To me, that's that's a little bit different. I don't qualify that in the same way I would as a McDonald's or a Burger King or something like that. Yeah, I think you're totally wrong. I might be. I mean, I, I think any anything, anything where you are not sitting down at a table and there's a waiter coming to you is fast food. Can you think of an, a, a, of an exception to that rule? I think that's the rule. It's fast food unless yeah. you have to sit down and a waiter comes to take your order. No, see, I, I think but, that's a little Zaxby's bit different, Zaxby's is too. insanely expensive. I've got three kids in the car, and sometimes we go through the drive-thru at Zaxby's. And when you have to pay, like, the one place I would disagree is just in, in terms of expense. It's supposed to be, like, 40 bucks. I'm like, I'm going to Zaxby's. How in the world did I just spend $40, even though I got three, you know, like hellions in the car and a wife I'm paying for and everything else? 40 bucks seems like a lot of money to spend at a fast food restaurant. Zaxby's will kill you there. What, what so is the cost? Is what you is don't know Zaxby's? What Zaxby's yeah, is. we don't have that here. Uh, oh, it's Zaxby's. chicken. It's chicken. Yeah, but I mean, it's uh, it would be it's like a chicken tender place oh, as opposed to like a chicken canes. sandwich place. Yeah, yeah, okay. a little bit like Kinda, raising canes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, and and they've done well, but I mean that definitely is a different uh, different level of cost. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. All right, quiz for the crew. Dodgers into the World Series for the first time since 1988. Nobody checks their phone. Nobody looks. What were the top five television shows that were airing in 1988-89? Remember back in the day, they would start the new shows in like September. They would run until around May. Now the television schedule is all different. You got Netflix, you got Amazon, Hulu, all this different stuff. And they start at different times of the year. But back in 1988, basically you had new television shows on during the course of the school year. And so you would start around Labor Day and then you'd go around till Memorial Day or so. That was the the calendar by which television shows would air. So I'm going to go one guess from each of you guys. I'm also going to open up the phone lines and we'll run it into the start of hour three here. In honor of the Dodgers advancing to the World Series for the first time since 1988, what were the top five television shows? I'm going to take one out, okay? Scripted television shows because 60 Minutes has always been pretty highly rated. So I'm taking 60 Minutes out of the equation. Can you tell me the top five? I'll start with you, Jason Martin. The Cosby Show. Number one. Cosby Show was the most popular show in 1988 when the Dodgers were last in the World Series. What about you guys out in L.A.? Uh, I'm going to guess. And by the way, before you guys, 877-996-6369. You guys can load up the phone lines. Nobody check, right? We're giving – you're in the trust tree now. Hmm. I don't want anybody to go look it up online. What's the benefit of calling in and getting it if you look it up? You're just cheating. All right, so Cosby Show is number one. Right, and our phones are off here in the studio. Uh, I'm going to guess, and you you probably love this dude because he ate cats, Alf. Alf is a good guess, actually 15th. Uh, Alf is try- – in, in 1988, Alf got the same ratings as Monday Night Football. Alf and Monday Night Football finished tied for 15th overall in the most popular show. I used to love Alf. Used to love the show Alf. Alf was 15 tied with Monday Night Football in 1988. Justin Cooper. I'm going to go Family Matters. Family Matters. I was family, I'm was i not sure Family Matters was even on yet in 1988. Uh, all right. Somebody look up what year Family Matters debuted. I think Justin Cooper just managed to go off the board. Uh, or Family Matters. I think because Family Matters is not ranked in the top 30. And I think that probably had to be a, uh, a function of Family Matters not even uh, existing. I just looked it up. 89 it debuted. Ah, uh, so you're one year too early. All right. So we've gotten only – we went one for three. Be an all-star batting average. Um, I'm going to open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. Early, we were debating, by the way, what constitutes fast food. To me, my, my thesis, I was sharing with the guys during one of the breaks, Zaxby's is fast food. If you have a drive through and they don't take your order sitting down at a table, it's fast food in my mind. Can you think of any exceptions to that, Jason Martin? Yeah, well, you're saying one of those two things has to be true, or if both of those things are not true, you call that fast food? I think it's fast. I think the easiest one is if they have a drive through it's fast food. I can't think of any place where they have a drive through that isn't fast food. Well, I would suggest to you that Moe's, Chipotle, Cadoba, places like that where you do actually 
pick up your food before you sit down yourself where there's not a waiter, but there's, but there's also no, no drive There's no drive I think that's casual dining. That is not fast That's called food. fast casual. Yes. That's yeah, the, I, actually I, I the category, I believe, that yeah. exists. It's called fast casual. But if you have a drive-thru, that is fast food because by its very nature, the goal of going through the drive-thru is to get your food as fast as you possibly could. Uh, all right, we've got one minute left here in hour two. Hour three, we're going to talk with Casey Smith. We'll see whether or not you guys can celebrate like it's 1988. The Dodgers are into the World Series. Big win for the Raiders last night. And we're trying to figure out, go back in time, almost 30 years. 29 years ago, I'm 38. I was nine years old in 1988. Many of you listening right now were not even born. You're in the trust tree, 877-996-6369. Can you guess the top five shows that were airing on the television the last time the Dodgers were in the World Series? It was definitely a long time ago, and Dodger fans have been struggling throughout. Congratulations to that, that crew. Uh, now, if only Lonzo Ball could prove that he's worthy of the number two overall pick. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. All right, we've got Casey Smith. Uh, Casey Smith joining us now. Casey, Jason Martin has put together hate mail, and so your phone was not working. Like, this is not a good sign. You can't swipe on your phone right now? No, I can't swipe it open. I can't answer any calls. And also, I was born in 1988, so it was the best year anyways, not just for hip hop for me, but not the best year for my phone right now. So I don't know if I'm happy or sad to have missed that. <laughs> you, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry were all born in 1988, as well as our producer, Justin Cooper. All right. So I've got, we've got you up right now. We usually play hate mail. So Jason Martin has put together these, uh, these clips. And so I'm going to le- let you listen to this, Casey. Uh, you can react to some of these as we go along and then we'll talk to you at the end. Does that make sense? Sounds perfect. All right, so let's play the music. Let's hit the uh, let's hit the hate mail, boys. America, it's time for your favorite segment. I hate you, Clay Travis. Oh, you haven't heard of it? It's really simple. Basically, you get to on Clay like this. I hate you, Clay Travis. This is the stupidest thing that probably <laughs> you said in about six months. I hate you, Clay Travis, with your elfin size five shoes. I hate you, Clay Travis. I hate you, Clay Travis. I hate you, Clay Travis. <laughs> now here's Clay. You, Travis. I mean. I hate you, Clay Travis. You want to hate me, then hate me. Yeah. What can I do? Tell me to go download the podcast, so I'll download the podcast. On my way home from work, I hear you talking about your top ten teams. You say, number five, Oklahoma. You say, Sam Bradford and company got it back together after being a 31-point favorite and losing to Iowa State. I almost drove my truck off the road. Sam Bradford? Really? Dude's been in the NFL for eight years. You've got to get your shit together, Clay. You want to be the most trusted name in all of sports media and all of media i can't trust someone telling me sam bradford's quarterback in oklahoma eight years after he's been in the nfl and the rest of you peckerheads sitting around there with microphones in front of you nobody said a word to him y'all dropping the ball too hey clay justin cooper in old cat lady makes sense since the apex of his career was when he was like 10 now he's like the 65 year old lady Living in a studio, smells like cat urine. Hey, this is Quaddy in Los Angeles. Yeah, man, um, comparing Colin Kaepernick to RG3 is a little bit of a stretch. I think Cap led the Niners to an NFC championship and a Super Bowl. RG3 is just, uh, well, he didn't really do much, did he? Except get hurt and talk a lot of yay. So, anyway, go Dodgers. Go Cap. F the NFL. 
Man, Clay, I do not understand why you are so against Butch Jones. I, I, I figured you guys would be buddies. I mean, you both live in Tennessee. You both <laughs> wish that Tennessee would win every game on Saturday. And, I mean, he's got the juice bar. He's got the urine color, uh, that stupid-ass trash can. And you've got Animal Thunderdome and Blood Bank Guarantee and Justin Cooper. I mean – I'm, it's like a match made in heaven. I don't, I don't know what's going on. I think you're secretly, secretly wanting him fired to hide your love for Butch Jones. Jason Martin, you are the biggest crack whore I've ever heard <laughs> sitting there saying Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the best ever. They're both cheaters. They should not be allowed in the Hall of Fame. They should be thrown out of the game completely. Think about Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire. Those guys will never be in the Hall of Fame. Why? Because they cheated. So are the Patriots. Dude, if you want to support cheating, go for it. Maybe you're going to cheat on your wife. Who knows? Maybe she'll <laughs> cheat on you. But you know what? I guess that'll be all right because that's what you support. Jay Mark, a little late listening to the podcast today on Tuesday. You was talking to Clay about his DVAP philosophies and blocking people on Twitter. And you claim that you don't block people on Twitter. Yet you had your boss muted oh. for months. <laughs> Or, hell, who knows how long? You're the one who's a deep app. Also, Bush Jones. Hey, Clay, Justin Cooper just buried his eldest cat, Gray Davis. As his other three felines, Brock, Bill, and Hillary, looked on wishing it was them. The former child actor had to pitch a script him and Danny G had written based on the latter's grandmother when her home was raided by police. Synopsis, Fruitvale Station with waffles. The meeting was at the O'Connor Lodge in Van Ives. But as soon as Justin was through the door, the dank den, then the decadence, he smelled the cheap rum and strawberry-flavored <laughs> Out of the shadows, a man emerged clad only in butt wipes and a lawyer's hat. What happened next can only be viewed on the dark web. And Bama fan, that's not an interracial porn site. <laughs> oh, man, solid. Racist. So. Uh, do we still have more? Is no, that, that was it. That was it. That was the conclusion. That was the closer. Right, so oh that's what you missed, Casey. So uh, that's what you get to oh. join because now your your phone didn't work. So uh, that's a good point. Jason Martin called me a pussy willow for blocking people, yet he muted me. Can you believe? Did you, we talk about this with you, Casey? Jason no. works on the show, and he muted my Twitter feed, and he admitted it on the show. Why? First of all, he needs to learn to stop saying things on the show. Like, I've been doing this show for like a year now, and I keep finding out things that he should not say on air that he's just going to get roasted for. Yeah, but meeting right. you might be the worst one. That might be the worst thing he we, said on air. We, <laughs> I, we polled whether it was a fireable offense, and 60% of people thought he should be fired for that because his job is to know everything that's going on with OutKick, and he muted me because he thought <laughs> I tweeted too often. Yeah, he should you definitely do. be fired for that. I really love you, Jason, but that's definitely a fireable offense. Totally a fireable offense. NBC, if I muted NBC Sports and they found out, I think that I'd be okay with them firing me because you just can't do things like that. Casey, <laughs> what was the reaction? You're in Boston. What was the reaction to Gordon Hayward while we've got you here for a couple of minutes now? Uh, obviously, awful injury, but was that like, I mean, was the, the somber tone kind of over sports for a couple of days up there? Oh, yeah. Well, and we were all watching it in the newsroom because we, we do our show late at night. And it was just it was shocked, to be honest with you. Like they're showing the camera angle and you're hearing Kevin Harlan be like, oh, my God, he broke his leg. But we as soon as you saw it, it was just like, I mean, you know, the whole thing where you turn around and you're like, is the Celtic season just over? And once that shot kind of got over with, it was like all summer. This is all this 
fan base was looking forward to is Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward being there. And now it's going to look completely different. And so the big question is, is are the Celtics going to just look like a different version of they did last year with a better point guard and Kyrie Irving, or uh, is the season kind of over? And I think people are still trying to figure that out. But at the end of the day, the injury was just so awful itself and so gruesome. That's what everybody's going to remember. I think the Celtics are going to be kind of fighting an uphill battle anyways, you know, having to go up against LeBron, but Definitely a lot of, uh, of eye-turning and just kind of wondering, you know, what this season's going to look like, no question. What about Pats-Falcons? How much excitement is there for a Super Bowl rematch? Uh, there's a lot of excitement. There's also a little bit of worry because the Pats haven't looked near as good as they thought they would over the season and that the Falcons could get their revenge on the Patriots. So there's a little bit of worry about that at the same time. The Falcons don't look as good as they did. Matt Ryan keeps melting down um, like he did in the Super Bowl. But Bill Belichick is refusing to let any of the players, whether he'll say it or not, the players have been told they're not allowed to talk about the Super Bowl at all. Gronk came out and said, we've been given strict orders not to. So in the the game itself, you're not going to hear anything about it. But I'm hoping the telecast keeps bringing it back. Because regardless of if the players want to relive it, best comeback in Super Bowl history the fans are excited about it, but also a little bit nervous that maybe they could lose and the Falcons could get that revenge. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh. Auto Parts. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.